Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome to Madrasa on A. Of course, developing Islam in me. I'm your host, Yasmina Peterson, alongside special guest in studio, none other than Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. Now, before we hand over and before we hand over to the actual Madrasa and before Sheikh continues, just a gentle reminder once again for the workshop that is taking place on the 11th of March 2017 that is going to be in Al River at the Siddiqui Masjid from 3 to 5 o'clock inshallah and then also do die rice excursion that's also taking place on the 26th of march from 7 a.m until 12 30 we do urge you in terms of going onto our website www.vocfm.co.za and downloading the registration form and filling out the regist- registration form however if you do not have that facilities as internet or a computer or even a cell phone for that matter then you can come to the voice of the cape radio station during office hours from 7 until 4.30 so that you can fill out the registration form and not only is the registration form for the workshop that you're going to be attending as well as the excursion, it is for everything. So at the end of the day we can have you onto our database and you will be given a certificate for the participation in the madrasa. So do inshallah diarize that, go onto our website and if you want to know more information with regards to how you can attain a registration form, then you can give our offices a call on 021 during office hours from 7 o'clock until 4.30. But for now, we head straight into our very first segment, and that is Knowing My Lord. So do get your pens and papers handy and get your notes in order. I'm now going to be handing over to Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams, inshallah, to continue with Sheikh left of yesterday, inshallah. Bismillah, Sheikh. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam, Sheikh. Alhamdulillah. How's yourself? Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Very excited for the class today. And yourself, Sheikh? Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Shukran jazakallah khair. For listeners out there, allow me to start off. A'udhu billahi minash shaitan ar-rajim. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi wahda wa salatu wa salamu ala man la nabiya ba'an. Rabbi sharah li sadri wa yassid li amri wa ahlul ugdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli. Allahumma allimna bima yanfa'una wa anfa'na bima allamtana wa arzukna ilman yadha al-jalali wal-ikram. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to all our listeners out there. Alhamdulillah, um, before we actually start off with the program, we do our, our opening dua. Let's put our hands together. A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajim, bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, wal aqibatu lil muttaqeen, wal jannatu lil muwahideen, wa la udwana illa ala al-zalimeen, wa salatu wa salamu ala ashrafil anbiya'i wal mursaleen, sayyidina wa maulana muhammadin wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Allahumma inni dhalantu nafsi dhulman kabiran kathira, la yaghfiru al-dhunuba illa anta, fa اغفر لي مغفرة من عندك وارحمني إنك أنت التواب الرحيم ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا فإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم إنك عفو كريم تحب العفو فاعف أنا اللهم إنا نسألك رضاك والجنة ونعوذ بك من سخطك والنار يا عزيز يا غفار يا رب العالمين اللهم حبب إلينا الإيمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره إلينا الكفر والفسوق والعسيان وجعلنا من الراشدين اللهم آت نفوسك 
Yesterday we looked at the area of what happened to Nabi Ibrahim and uh, um, and the issues that Allah tested him and his family with. And we reached to the level where we came to understand what happened to the wife of Nabi Ibrahim by the name of Hajra and what Allah has put her through simply because she was Muslim and she was reared as Islam and Allah has allowed her to be able to go through the encompass of life submitting herself to Allah Ta'ala. and when she did that Allah Ta'ala showed us how Allah Ta'ala granted her the gifts now what happened as we were speaking on is the issue of the Nabi, Nabi Ibrahim departing and we said that Nabi Ibrahim went onto the mountainside and spent his time looking down from the mountain to where his family was sitting they were unaware of him and he was making the dua uh, the dua that Allah Ta'ala records in the Holy Quran as to what Nabi Ibrahim said at begging that Allah Ta'ala should grant people to come there and send of the best produce for them and all these Nabi Ibrahim made them dua but what we saw at the same time Sayyidatina Sara she also made dua for the safety and security of her husband Ya Rab. She didn't that moment say, oh Allah, send me food, oh Allah, I don't have food, who's going to look at No, 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 she did not complain. She had a total trust in Allah, she had total yaqeen. She was nurtured to understand my realization in life is, I don't depend on a husband. I don't rely on anything else, not on children, not on a husband, not on anything. My rizi comes from Allah. My rizi comes from Allah. She knew. And my dependence and my reliance must be on Allah. And because she was guided in that way, she did that. And because she did that, she, did, she waited for the time until there was no more food left and there was nothing to eat and to drink no more. And she now looked around because already prior to that she was looking and she didn't find anything. Now looked around and see what can she see. And subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. In the description of the scholars, they say there's one or two types of processes that happened with her. One was the occasion when she um, she looked up and saw some birds flying in the sky. And she said to herself, if there's birds flying in the sky, there must be life somewhere. And then she saw the hill in front of her and she moved to the hill. And she moved on top of the hill. That hill is called what we call today Safa and she climbed on this little hill and she got onto it and she looked in the distance again and when she looked up she saw no it is it, it must probably the birds has moved or whatever the case might be but she sees it on the other side 
and 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 when she sees it on the other side, you see there's a hill on that side too. Let me try to move to that hill. And so if I move to that hill, most probably there from that hill I can see better because it sees that the birds are from that side. And as she struggled to go down, and remember, we said to you, it, the area is rocky. It's not easy. It's a steep hill where Safa was, quite very, very steep. And she's got to get off the hill through the rocky, the rocky effects of the desert that's there. And she got off of it slowly, slowly, slowly. And the, until she get to a position where she was almost level with the ground. And she could see her son laying not far away. And because she feared the fact that the son was going to cry when he sees his mom. And she already feels very hungry and she knows she actually treaded quite fast in this, this straight area. On, this, on, on what we were then was the sand area and she ran there, put some effort to move. And then she gradually went on the other side, up and up and up until she got onto the hill on the other side. So there was a steep incline on the Safa side, but on the Marwa side this was a gradual incline. But it's because quite a distance for those people who've been there will be able to recognize. For today, in today's life, we do not meet up with a gradual incline because today the ground has been made all flat and we walk on that straight flat ground mashallah Allah alhamdulillah not on the rocky effect of, of what has happened in the time of Sayyidina Hajra today we walk on beautiful um, what they call it the the, the um, uh, uh, floors the, the, the floors that's, that's, that's laid out with, with, with uh, Marble, 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 mm. beautiful marble, soft marble to the effect where you can don't feel hot and don't feel the heat and mashallah, alhamdulillah, like cool, and it's it, it all helps you to be able and the area, alhamdulillah, has been laden out with um, air conditioning to the extent that nobody can really complain. But alhamdulillah, can you but imagine what was it like to say that in the Hajjah? We are in our segment, Knowing My Lord, your program Madrasa on E-Developing Islam in Me. That was the voice of Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. We are in our first segment and that is Knowing My Lord. And Sheikh was just giving a recap as to where Sheikh stopped yesterday. Do know that you can send through your questions if you have any questions for the segment through to the number 072 238 Alternatively, you can send through an SMS to 47913. I'm going to be handing you over to Sheikh to continue, inshallah. Sheikh Bismillah. Shukran for that one, Auntie Yasmina. Alhamdulillah, we were in the, this moment uh, as telling us what happened to the Sayyidatina Sarah, I'm sorry, Sayyidatina Hajra, sorry for that one, uh, 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 as, as when she was trying to look for this. And we said to you that there is, has been two riwayat. The one has been describing the fact that she's moved, from so, she's moved up Safa, and then from Safa she moved on to Marwa. And when she got to the top of the Marwa side, she looked up to the air to see the birds again. And when she looked to the others, she said, oh, it, uh, they, they, there's the birds on the others. Uh, uh, how come? And, and she thought it is, it, it's an excitement or whatever it is. And nobody's probably she. And she went back to Safa. And, and that happened, she moved between Safa and Marwa continuously. There's another riwayah that speaks about the fact that the heat of the sun created what we say a mirage on Safa and she thought it was water and she was struggling trying to get there thinking but it's the mirage that's on the on top of it 
And when she got there, she saw the mirage on the Marwa side. Now the one speaks about the birds, and the other one speaks about this mirage of the heat. And she's moved between Safa and Marwa seven times. Until the seventh time she came to the life, when she came from, from Safa to Marwa, the last time, and now she only came to her senses saying to herself, because she's extremely thirsty, very, very hot, she hasn't had anything to eat or to drink. She's not thirsty, but she's so thirsty and hungry and so hot. And, and she's trying to run away from her child to be able to see it because she doesn't love it to listen to the child crying while she's hungry herself and she cannot feed the child. And so what happened is, as she was doubling down from Safa, I'm sorry, from Marwa, and she was now, she thought she was, that was, uh, uh, I, I think, uh, I've just imagined myself, it's, it's not true, whatever the things. And she walked down slowly, slowly as she walked down, and suddenly she heard something. I remember she alone with her child, and she only hears the sound of a child in the distance. Nothing, there's nothing, and nobody, nothing that grows, nothing. It's a, a valley, an open, vast valley. And there's no sounds. And suddenly when a, a foreign sound comes in, she looks up. And obviously where does she look to? She looked to her child. Like any mom, she looks to the distance, she sees her child, and she sees a foreign being there, something strange. And when she looks and sees this foreign thing, and suddenly she, she picks up speed and she moves off, like any mom, for what purpose? To go in defense of that child. She wouldn't mind to put her life in, 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 in whatever danger it is, but she wouldn't want the child to be hurt. And Riwayat comes and says, this strange things, thing then was standing over her child. And as she got nearer, she saw this thing almost as if it pierces its, uh, like a sword or something like that into the ground. That's the one rewire. The other rewire says the baby was crying and was eating his feet and uh, uh, like any baby would cry and I'm um, hungry and thirsty and, 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 and extremely hot and bumping his feet on the ground. And it says there where that thing pressed its, its, its wing into the ground, there where the child kicked the, uh, the feet, there as the mother came nearer saw a spring of water coming out of the ground. Oh, Akbar, and she got so excited. When she got excited, she go, went down to the water because now she sees it another time. Remember, she saw this mirage on the Safa and then on Marwa. And yes, she sees it in front of her, but it comes out like a little spring, very fine spring coming out of the ground. And she goes down and she sees the spring as if the spring wants to run back into, the water wants to run back into the ground. And she goes down and she says to it, zoom, zoom. Which now today is the word zam zam. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. But Allah gave her that for her effort. Because wanting to teach her, my dear, for human beings to walk the earth, life is not an imagination. Life is not a dream. Life is not a wish and a hope. And ik maak dua en gharzuma gebeeni. Oh no. Life is trying and saying to yourself, if my Lord is prepared to give me at all his favors, I must be ready when he puts the challenges in front of me to say, Oh Allah, 
I'm prepared to accept your challenges. Grant me the necessary sabr. Grant me the perseverance. And I will sacrifice whatever it is for your sake, my Lord. I'm prepared to do it. We've seen it. Hajara was prepared to sacrifice all her effort, all her commitment, all her dedication for the sake of herself and the child. And what was the result? Allahu Akbar. Allah will send the need for man, the greatest need for, for survival and sacrifice. Allah sent her that. And so obviously she was extremely ecstatically happy and excited about it. And she could drink of the water. She said zoom, zoom. And she kept it together. And she drank of the water and she drank her full and she actually gave to her baby as well as that. But that came the water of life for them. That became the water of life of whatever they wanted to use it where water is used in the human's life. There they use it to drink, to cleanse themselves and to do whatever they need to be done with water. Subhanak la hawla wa la illa billah. And Allah granted them that great water, the best of waters that is to be found everywhere and anywhere in the world. There is not waters, the quality and the value of that waters. And Subhanak la hawla wa la illa billah. But this waters Allah granted her. Why? Because of her commitment and her effort and her dedication. And the support to be able to realize it does, without my effort nothing will come. And she went and did her effort. And because she did her effort, she did, went out there. But she had a trust in Allah. And she knew Allah was not going to abandon them. She knew very, very well that she had to rely fully and dependent on Allah. Because when she asked Nabi Ibrahim, did Allah command you this? She turned to Allah. She said to Allah, I trust, my Lord, I trust you. You are not doing this for no purpose. There's some greatness and glory that I might not understand. But I know you only give what is best to us. Subhanak. And look at what Allah has granted us. Look at the extent of what Allah has granted her. The fact that every time, every person, ever since the time of Nabi Ibrahim, until the last hour, anybody that goes for Hajj or for Umrah and treads the path between Safa and Marwa, it is highly impossible that you and I cannot think about this woman, cannot make dua for the sacrifices she made, and cannot. We cannot be oblivious of the fact that this woman has been the core and the reason and the purpose for you and I enjoying this zamzam and that it can be of benefit for all of us. Simply because of the hard work and this commitment and dedication teaching us. Even if a woman must be able to put her sacrifices into the life, then it's of necessity. If she does it for the sake of Allah, don't think as a woman, oh no, that is not your commitment for the sake of Allah. Whatever you do, whatever you do, when you sweep the house, when you dust the place, when you clean anything of the family, and you do so for the sake of Allah, and you purposefully know that this is my commitment for my family or my or those of my family that is dear and near to me, I'm doing it for the sake of Allah, then Allah tell us not gonna leave it alone. Allah is gonna reward you righteously. But for everybody who puts in their commitment and everybody who does the effort, everybody who see whatever they can do for the sake of Allah, to serve the cause of Allah, Allah is absolutely aware of that. Allah is not 
oblivious. Allah is not ignorant of it. And Allah records whatever you and I does. And Allah will reward us in this dunya besides the reward in the akhirah. Can we imagine? The lesson Allah wants to teach you and me through the work of this woman. And also let us understand, for nothing that is being done, there is no such thing as I wasn't rewarded. There is reward by all our Lord. Subhanakla We might not understand it. You and I might not understand. But we clearly see what Allah has given this woman, the reward. But the reward for her is the reward of the Zamzam. And the reward for her is the reward of the effort that she's walked between Safa and Marwa. The reward for her is the fact that Allah will allow us all to remember her until Yawm Al-Qiyamah and that we will constantly make dua for this wonderful mother of ours because she's the mother of the Ummah of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. She is the Nabi whose mother has been the cause of the coming of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the Arabs coming to stay in the Arabian Peninsula and the growth of the, the Quraysh and the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam coming from them and our Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to be born from them and we this Ummah to be honored through this Nabi and enjoy what Nabi Ibrahim and Sayyidatina Sara, Sayyidatina Hajra, their commitment and dedication for this deen has been the process of what Allah has granted to be the benefits of what you and I enjoy today. Ya Rabbi, may Allah grant them khair and barakah. We always say in our dua, we um, Allah teaches us, Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala Ali Sayyidina Muhammad kama sallayta ala Ibrahim wa ala Ali Sayyidina Ibrahim. Like you've sent salam upon Ibrahim and the family of Ibrahim. The family of Ibrahim is reference to his wives, Sayyidina Sarah, Sayyidina Hajra, um, and Ismail and Ishaq. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah and the offspring. May Allah grant him khayr and barakah insha'Allah. So we do not know the extent, but we know that of, of the offspring of Nabi, Ibrahim, Nabi Ismail happens to be our Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the same lineage that you and I come to understand this great Nabi that Allah granted us to be, to be the Ummah of. And so we see the effort and commitment that actually comes through the process of what happens with this factor. So we see certain things that happens. The commitment and dedication that there is of Nabi Ibrahim to be able to submit to Allah's call. Now Allah has given him a child and Allah takes the child away. And Allah has given him a wife and Allah takes the wife away. Allah sends him to be able to do a certain place. But because of their commitment to Allah, they prepare, Allah prepare to reward them. So Allah makes the son of Nabi Ibrahim, Ismail, makes him a Nabi as well. And so the, the challenge was not on Nabi Ibrahim departing from them only. It was a major and comfortable, painful thing. Not easy. Any man will not be able to leave his family in the desert in no man's land. Anything can probably happen. Some of the scholars go as far as saying, um, when she saw the... the, 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 the um, uh, what's his name? Vultures in the air moving around, or the eagles as they said. These things normally go there where they see life. So most probably they have seen her and realized that there's nothing else there. So obviously say she would die tomorrow. She wouldn't live for long. And so if they circle around there, they can watch her and see until when she goes down. Then her life, which means she and her baby will die, and they would then prey on them. 
Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. That is not far of, of understanding what happens in nature. That's norm. In nature, when birds see you moving around and you allow alone there and you're struggling and you're not having anything and they know that there's no life, they wouldn't mind to be able to pray, to look around until because they know that you are not going to live there forever. But Allah have decided something other. Allahu Akbar. Allah have decided that that place is going to become alive. That the dua of Nabi Ibrahim and what he did in submission to Allah when he did what Allah called it from him, then he went to make dua and requested of Allah, oh Allah allow them to become a family, allow them to become a, a nation, allow them to be able to have successes, allow a, a, a community to grow here, oh Allah. Not only make, make this place so successful, vibrant, alive, that there will be constantly people coming from everywhere around the world to come and visit them and send the best of produce from everybody whenever they come from any world they then bring the best, best of their produce to this place. I'm saying it and I know that many of us realize how Allah's made this place so fortunate and Allah has accepted Nabi Ibrahim's dua. So now it was painful to, for Nabi Ibrahim to leave this child. It was also painful for him to leave his family, his wife. Allahu Akbar. And Allah then show us how Allah even challenged them. Not only Nabi Ibrahim, it was painful for him. But challenged them when Nabi Ibrahim left. Challenged them when having to be able to have no more water and nothing to eat. Allah could send them from Jannah the best, isn't it? Yes. Allah could say, but Allah wanted to teach her a lesson? Nay, Allah wanted to teach you and me a lesson. Allah wanted to teach the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa the great lesson that lies between Safa and Marwa. Of the fact, no, no pain, no gain. If you are not prepared to go through pain, if you are prepared to dream, it must all be luxury and uh, and easy and uh, very... If you're not prepared to want to go through pain, don't dream about the gains. So yes, the challenges of life is the reality of the pains that Allah has given to, to, to Hajira. But to each and every one of you and me, isn't it true? Or are you saying you don't ever go through challenges? The problem is, are you and I prepared to embrace the challenge, to take the challenge and accept the challenge? Or are we fighting the challenge? Are we rejecting the challenge? Are, are, are we asking the question, why me? Why does this happen with us? It is the challenge of Allah. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'oon should be the answer. The answer. And reliance and total dependence must be on Allah. And realizing Allah promises us, I will not give you a challenge greater than what you can bear. You don't know what you can bear. You do not know. Each and every one of us listening now, you and I do not know what we can bear. Not until the challenge comes to us. Yes? Don't be useful to cry. No, 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 not I. I can't. I don't. Uh, uh, we must start to come out of that. We must start to be able to build our iman, our tawakkul on Allah. That is what rububiyah is all about. I'm sorry, uluhiyah is all about. Where we trust that we believe our Lord is giving us a command. And His commands is not necessarily easy. But He does what is best for us. B-E-S-T in capital letters, underline with exclamation marks. 
If you want to highlight it, you can even do that. He does not what is better for us. He does what is the best for us. And he puts us to that which he knew, know that that is going to be the best thing for us for our future. We are oblivious. We are totally in depth of ignorance. We do not know the understand the process of what's going to happen to us in the future. So he prepares us for that. And how does he prepare us? Not making it easy. But allow us to meet up with a challenge and to embrace those challenges makes it only easy. To believe if Allah has given me a challenge, I must be able to accept it. And so we see this is we see the uluhiyyah of Nabi Ibrahim and his family. Now Allah challenges even Nabi Ismail, his son, and what he had to go through from the beginning of his life. Subhanak, la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. As we said earlier, Allah could send them to that place there, and Allah could fill the place with the best of fruit. But yet Allah sent them to a place where Allah says, غَيْرِ ذِي Nothing that grows, nothing that's alive, no life in that place is there. May Allah grant khair and barakah to all of us, inshallah, grant us to learn the lessons and apply it to ourselves. Amen, inshallah. The time Sheikh Ibrahim was speaking about Nabi Ibrahim alayhi salam as well as being in our first segment, Knowing My Lord. Now before we carry on to our second segment, I'm a Muslim, what is expected of me? Sheikh, there's a, there's a question that came through via SMS line and it says, Ya Salam Sheikh, please when and how did Nabi Ismail come into the life of his father because he did not know his father, Sayyidina Ibrahim. Shukran. Afwan Jazakallah Thanks very, very much for that question. Um, and for the question. Shukran Jazakallah uh, The person asked, when did Nabi Ibrahim, Nabi Ismail, comes into the life of his father, Nabi Ibrahim? Um, from the side of Nabi Ibrahim, Nabi Ibrahim knew his son. Nabi Ibrahim uh, um, departed from his son at that time, but he did not go away and stay away. Nabi Ibrahim, Allah granted him to be able to come and visit his family from time to time. Right? Uh, we know one of those times when Allah sent uh, uh, Nabi Ibrahim, Nabi Ibrahim to, to meet up with his family. Now Allah don't tell us about every moment in the Holy Quran as to when Nabi Ibrahim went to visit his son or his family, but we know from a young age, Allah granted him to be able to go and visit his son on what we would call a regular basis. He regularly visited the family. He didn't leave them to abandon them. right? And Nabi Ibrahim didn't turn his back on this family. Nabi Ibrahim is still very much the father of Nabi Ibrahim, the husband of, of Sayyidatina Sarah, and, 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 and doing his best, not as, as a Nabi, but also to, to be linking with his family. So he went to visit him from time to time, and Allah granted him the opportunity. Uh, um, in the certain hadith, there is indication that uh, Allah granted Nabi Ibrahim on the occasion when Allah sent Nabi Ibrahim to go to, to take his family into Makkah, Allah granted him to go and travel off as a normal traveler with his camel. But thereafter when Nabi Ibrahim, whenever Allah granted Nabi Ibrahim to travel, Allah sent the Burak. Sent the Burak to Nabi Ibrahim as, a, as an Allah's appreciation for this Nabi to allow him to interact with his family. And he got into the Burak and it was a few minutes later he would be in Makkah. And then he would spend some time in Makkah and after having to be there for some time and he would a uh, few minutes he gets onto the, the, the Burak again and a few minutes later he lands in, in Palestine. Subhanak. 
But this, this gift Allah has granted to him, and he has been traveling this gift many a times, right? One of those known occasions is the time when uh, 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 Nabi, Ibrahim, Nabi Ismail was still very, very young, and Nabi Ibrahim said that moment, I came to his wife, he said to his I came and want to teach my child how to do some, some uh, uh, to prepare him for, for, for when he needs to go and hunt and how to hunt and how to do this, that and the other. I'm coming, I came to prepare him for that. And, and say that in a hajra, being the mother, knowing that n- this Nabi, Nabi Ibrahim is obedient to Allah, so Allah must have sent him and is now carrying out Allah's command. And if he said that, I must adhere to, and I said yes. And, and the Nabi Ibrahim asked her to prepare for certain things, and she prepared for it. She listened very ac- attentively, she prepared that, and she trusted in Allah for everything. She had no other thoughts or dreams or anything like that. That was one occasion. But we also know of the occasion where Allah sent Nabi Ibrahim to say to the wife that I came this moment um, where Allah has sent me to be able to be with you for a few minutes, for a few uh, uh, days, or a few uh, uh, period of time where we need to rebuild the Kaaba on its uh, uh, foundation that has been prior and we have to rebuild it on there and it must be built by myself and Ismail, right? The two of us must build it. And so we see in the history of the life of Nabi Ibrahim, of the history of Nabi Ismail, we come to know that Ibrahim developed many things and it's many issues that we see that happened. We also recognize that if Nabi Ibrahim and Nabi Ismail had relationships with one another when the, the Nabi Ismail, when the father, mother passed on, Nabi Ibrahim still came to visit him. And uh, when after that, Nabi Ibrahim visited him for some time, to such an extent that Nabi Ibrahim also introduced to Nabi Ismail about his other son, Ishaq. So Ismail and Ishaq came to know one another in their lives, and Nabi Ibrahim, Nabi Ibrahim reminded Nabi Ishaq that he must go for, 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 for Hajj and for Umrah, and he went and his brother, Nabi Ismail, guided him along as to what Allah has taught them. Subhanakallah. So shukran jazakallah for the question. Yes, the understanding is Nabi Ibrahim had a relationship with his family all along as Allah has decreed that for them to be. Shukran so much, Sheikh, for answering that question. If you have just joined us, then you are still in time. You didn't miss much of the program, but we're going to our second segment, and that is I am a Muslim. What is expected of me? And Sheikh is going to be highlighting as to where Sheikh stopped yesterday. Sheikh, Bismillah. Bismillah rahman rahim Shukran for that one, Auntie Yasmina. Alhamdulillah, to our listeners out there, just a reminder. Yesterday, we ended off into the Kalima Shahada. And we went to be able to discuss with you the issue of uh, the testimony, uh, the second testimony in the Kalimat al-Shahada. We said to you the Shahada Tan is two testimonies within it. There's the first testimony about the Uluhiyya of Allah, and the test- second testimony is about the Risala of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Right? And, and, and we un, uh, opened up that and we said there are certain questions we need to ask. The questions that we ask, we said to you, if somebody is a messenger, then he must be carrying a message, isn't it so? And that message must be for somebody and we went into that somebody, who is that message for? We came to realize that that message specifically as a messenger was specifically, most specifically for you and for me. But we say to you, please don't say you, because you're speaking to somebody else. Say, 
That message is for me. So that you can embrace the message. When you say it's for you, then you give the message to somebody else and you don't read the message and you don't make it part of yourself. Now, if you and I understand that our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa was sent to me, to me most specifically, you and me, we will embrace the message. We would want to understand the message because that makes us Muslim. Embracing the message and prepare to accept this message and wanting to love this message and wanting to be the slaves of Allah, wanting to be obedient to Allah is through having to say this message is for me and not for anybody, not for my children, not for my parents, not for my family, not for my tribe, not for the nations, not for the human beings. It's first and foremost and most important to me. And if I see it that, I'll treat it as such. Like I say, what I said yesterday, when there is a message coming from the court, or coming from the bank, or coming from the, 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 the traffic department, or coming from any police station or something of that nature, you're quick and you, and you see your name on it, you see this is a message for me. Now on, on the message of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, please see the message, please see the message. And when you look at the message, realize that message is for me. And my name is on it. It's written big, very clear, but I, only I can see it. So look at it and say, it's for me. I can see that this message is for me. My name is written on this. So I must go and read this message. I must have the desire to want to understand this message. Because that message came for me. It did not come to my children. It did not come to my partner. It did not come to my, my parents. It did. Yes, they might also accept that they might see the message for themselves. But you and me, let us accept the fact that this message came to me, to nobody else. And when you accept that, you will embrace the message. You'll, you'll feel guilty if you don't. And if you don't feel guilt, na'udhu billah, may Allah protect us. It's as if there's a, a message that came with your name on from some from the court or something. Your name is on it. But you say, no, no that place is not for me. So may Allah grant us the guilt. May Allah grant us the intensive guilt that we feel the guilt and feel we want to be able to or we must not, we want to you don't, you, it's not a matter of you want to that we must, we are compelled, we are forced to that under no circumstances must, must we allow this to be that we do not read this message but you cannot understand the message of Allah if you don't read it you will be in darkness you will be in ignorance you will be a person who cannot live a life of a Muslim, you cannot, neither I. And I'm not saying this to insult you. I'm just wanting to, 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 to realize this message is for you and for me, for nobody else. But don't say you, say it's for me, so that you do not blame anything else or do not feel anybody else. And you feel the guilt and you feel happy that you feel guilt and you feel good about the fact that there's guilt that reminds you of the fact that you need to open this message. And you need to read this message because this message is for me. May Allah open the path. And yes, how fortunate am I? I am Muslim. How fortunate am I? I have Muslim parents. How fortunate am I? I have a Muslim family. How fortunate am I? I've been reminded of the greatness and glory of this deen. And what it has for humanity. How fortunate am I? Why is there are billions out there? 
who doesn't know once to say La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar. How fortunate am I when you and I says Alhamdulillah. How fortunate are we? How fortunate am I, me, I, when I can say Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ashabihi wa barik wa sallim. How fortunate. Oh Allah accept us as Muslims. Oh Allah grant us the good qualitative guilt that only put quality to our life and quality to our iman and quality to our character and quality to our behavior and quality to our interaction of positivity with the rest of the ummah. Allah make us Muslimin. Oh Allah Ta'ala, we, 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 are, we have a dream about what Islam is. Oh Allah, if you don't grant us the understanding and the love for your Quran, we will be in total darkness. We might not walk this salat, Ya Rabb. Oh Allah, forgive us for our shortcomings. Oh Allah Ta'ala, we are human. We want to be Muslim. And we want to know your Quran. And we want to come nearer to it. And we want to submit to it. And we know it is the only light that we can grant for vision and insight and wisdom. It is what you've granted to humanity to grant us success. And precisely that, oh Allah, in both forms. You've shown us, in the words of your Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that you send Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the, with him, with this Qur'an, and send him to be able to show us how to love this Qur'an. May Allah grant us to be of those Muslimin, that we become successful in this dunya, and successful in the akhirah, Ya Rabbal Alameen. So yes, we, we are busy saying, we were looking at what we said, looking at what has happened as to who is this message for and we came to realize this message is for me and then the second question we asked you is precisely what was that message if we say somebody has is a messenger he has a message but tell tell me what is that message what is that message and yes there's been many answers and many of us thinking of this that and the other but we came to realize that that message is one thing it is the Qur'an in theory and it is the life of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his word, his action, his behavior, his interaction with humanity and the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. All that together that makes up his personification of this Qur'an. Ya Rabb, Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik wa sallim. May Allah grant us to be of those people who follow that path and for the lifestyle of our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa who loves him purely and try to be able to look and see into how he has interpreted to us this message of the Qur'an and how has he interacted and lived it out with the Sahaba radiallahu anhum that we can look at this blueprint and see it and see how we need to be able to live as Muslims and what makes me Muslim in submitting to the cause of Allah Ta'ala Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. We are in the program Madrasa on E, and that is Developing Islam in Me. Do know that you can send through your questions to our WhatsApp number as well as to our SMS line. The WhatsApp number is 072 
That is 072-238-0712. Alternatively, you can also send to an SMS to 47913. Just a gentle reminder once again, if you have just tuned in, to go onto our website and log on to www.vocfm.co.za. On the website, you will see the registration forms for the workshop as well as for the excursion. However, it is not only for that, it is for everything for you to sign out and fill out the registration form so that you can at the end of the day be handed a certificate for your participation in the madrasa those dates once again for the excursion is on the 26th of march 2017 that is from 7 a.m until 12 30 alternatively there is also the workshop that's happening and this workshop this time is going to be at the siddiqui masjid that is out in Elsis river from three until five o'clock inshallah if you are not with regards to f- I'd say internet savvy and you don't have a computer or you don't have a smartphone then you can come to our Voice of the Cape radio station in terms of registering for your application form as well as for the workshops and the madrasa you can give us a call in on at the station during office hours that is from 7 until 4.30 that is on the number 021-442-3500 that is 021-442-3500 the time is now one minute past the hour now we into our second segment of the program and that is I am a Muslim what is expected of me if you have any questions within this program in which you want to ask Sheikh with regards to what Sheikh is going to be speaking about then you can send through an SMS to force Seven nine one three. Alternatively, you can send through an SMS to our WhatsApp number. But for furthermore, Sheikh, I'm going to be handing over through to you now to continue where you lost off. Shukran, Jazakallah for that one, Yasmina. Alhamdulillah, we before the break, Yasmina, we were buzzing in the segment of we were speaking about uh, um, I am a Muslim, so what is expected of me, and we were building on the first uh, pillar amongst the pillars of Islam, and we've indicated to you it is. The first pillar is the most important pillar. And your and my submission to this pillar, understanding it first and foremost, and understanding the the details and what it can contain, it is not a recitation story only. It is not the fact that you and I need to read this Kalima Shahada only in the morning and in the evening. But this Kalima Shahada needs to be alive, active, available in our life continuously every day almost every second it is a thing that needs to be able to embody us 24 7 from the morning till the night every moment we must be able to live with it it must be the core of everything that we deal with and it is the base of our total belief and our total religion if there is anything weak in this first pillar then our whole deen is absolutely weak our deen, our whole deen of us, the religion that you and I are in, might run down into shambles or might be able to crumble down into pieces because this one is not solidly and firmly built. And so the first pillar is the most important pillar and the detail of this pillar is what we're trying to be able to, uh, to give us just the basic details so that we can know and later on we will go deeper into those things inshallah. And what we were speaking about is about the kalima to shahada. And we said to you, this kalima shahada consists of two phrases. And the two phrases, the first phrase has the word ashadu at the beginning, a testimony that you take, where you testify to the uruhiyya of Allah. And then it's the testimony in the second phrase. And together these two make the kalima to shahada. Right? And so 
There's no way that you and I can ever be Muslim if we want to separate Allah Ta'ala from our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam or we want to separate the Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam from Allah. Right? And so for you and me to become Muslim, to be Muslim, to admit and to submit to Islam, it's to it's for Allah to Allah via the tariqah and the method of the Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and that one only. And that makes you and me Muslim. So the depth and the consolidation and the firmness of this pillar is extremely important. The most important, bigger than anything else that we ever gonna do in our religion. Even bigger than salah, even bigger than zakah, even bigger than psalm, and even bigger than fast, and even bigger than anything or any other thing. It is the base of everything and if it is in place, it gives more quality and greatness and glory to your submission and mind for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. May Allah grant us to be able to come to understand this and to realize it is not a superficial uh, uh, recitation that we only read. This recitation is superior to the great whatever there is. It is extremely important. And every time we recite it, it must be able to vibrate meaning and value and greatness and glory and we must feel our relationship our, in our interaction and our submission and our commitment and our, 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 our love and our care for our Lord and our beloved Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and so so we've asked in looking at the Risala we asked certain questions and the question that we were looking at uh, who is this for and we said the second question is precise uh, what is this message all about and, and, and now we look at the question as to say if it is a message, this message must belong, must come from somebody. Who is this message coming from? The answer is not as simple as it comes from Allah. Yes, it comes from Allah. But who is Allah? Who is Allah? Rabbul Izzah. Who is this great Lord? Who is Allah? So when we ask where is this message coming from, He's commanding and He's demanding. And he's telling us he has a messenger and he is sent to us and we need to submit to this messenger and to his message and follow him. Ya Rab, it is Allah who has sent Muhammad So we cannot dream of taking Muhammad out of the equation, but we must be able to understand precisely when we say, Wa ashadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah, Allah to send Muhammad with this messenger, of the, the messenger uh, with the message of Allah, and that's what we're saying in the last word, Allah, that we're sending, that Allah has sent Muhammad with Allah's message. He is the messenger of Allah. So he carries Allah's message and he is the personified message of Allah. Allah has sent him to be able to show you and me that you and me cannot be Muslim, will never be able to be Muslim. Nobody will be able to be Muslim. Not your mom, not your children, not your offspring, nobody. Not your sheikh, not your mawlana. No, nobody can be Muslim unless there is a taking to the message the Risala of Muhammad, that that Risala comes from Allah Ta'ala, Ya Rabb. And so if you and I have submitted to the Rububiyyah and the Uluhiyyah of Allah, then obviously the submission to the Risala of Muhammad is a fart, it's compulsory, it's a necessity, it is a need for us that you, there's no possibility without it. Like you cannot speak about water except for thinking of something that's wet. 
So you cannot speak about Allah's deen without having to speak about Muhammad. And Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa can never, never, like you cannot separate water from wetness. You cannot separate Allah from Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa in the message of Islam. May Allah grant us to be Muslimin. May Allah grant us insight and understanding and grant us to submit to that and realize that this message is not from anybody. This message is from Allah. So we've answered the basic questions by having to say, who is this message to? What is this message all about? And where does this message come from? Alhamdulillah, we have now bring, brought about the understanding of letting us understand this kalimah to shahada is our first pillar of the five pillars of our deen of Islam. It is the most important pillar. It is the pillar, if we submit ourselves in totality to that, it opens the door for us for total successes in the way forward. But this pillar, is the pillar that we need to be able to spend the most time in with, the most understanding, the need for submission, and see ourselves that we submit to that. I repeat again, there is rububiyyah, the fact that Allah is our Lord, the Rabb, creator of everything, the most mighty, powerful, the one who kills it. But the message you want to say to us, more important than the rububiyyah of Allah, is the uluhiyah of Allah. The uluhiyah is what is you and me, what, what, what is our response to wanting to show our submission and commitment and dedication and work and the fact that we are the slaves of Allah, what are we prepared to do with that? And if we do that, subhanak, then we submit to the, to the, to the uluhiyah of Allah. And then comes after the rububiyah and the uluhiyah of Allah, comes the fact that we identify to the Risala of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and there's no way that we can dream ever that anybody can be Muslim, not especially you and me. We cannot be Muslim unless and until we have got total submission to the Risala of our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. We are in our second segment being I am a Muslim, what is expected of me? We break for as and when we come back. Now we are in our third segment, Sheikh. And that is leadership in Islam and its progression. So she's going to be recapping on that, inshallah. inshallah. I do have a question that came through. Will she first be recapping or can I go ahead with the question? Uh, if the question is in this segment, we can probably deal with it. Okay, I'm going to go through the sheikh uh, to the question. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. You said yesterday, mm-hmm. if Professor Mom and Dad at home University have reared your children with good character, mm-hmm. deen, and commitment mm-hmm. to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They will get a free ticket to Jannah. But mm-hmm. if a professor mom did all of that mm-hmm. and a good job without professor dad, does she get it alone or does he also get it? Because sometimes a dad is there and not. Shukran. Shukran jazakallah for the question out there. And yes, um, Usually when we ask questions, and questions is on on, on, on what the person speaks of his, his or her experiences, and so we need to answer the question. But I normally take the question slightly broader than that. Don't get me wrong, I am not, because there's also reality of life. There's many occasions where the, 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 the university, the university called home, develops a, 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 a student uh, at that university 
um, and making them uh, um, uh, develop as, as, as good students by your professor mom and professor dad, right? And professor and mom and professor dad do the work together, they liaise with one another beautifully, and great results comes out of that students, right? And, and then you get certain times in that university, there's only professor mom and struggling there to be able to do her job. Yes, if professor mom is only there and she does a job and she does the commitment and she does a lot, then Allah is going to not allow her not to be able to get her reward. She will get her reward also, also for her effort. And if Professor Dad is not doing his duty, he's not preparing to fulfill, he's not prepared to become Professor, to seek and search and become and work to be real dads, as Professor Dad's supposed to be, to be able to allow the university to become meaningful and so that the products of that university can open up beautiful universities for the future. So that future students can be coming about as the offspring of this professor dad and professor mum, then unfortunately we cannot expect that that professor dad's action is going to be rewarded for if he or, she or he does not does he do his duty. But the unfortunate situation is that like I said, the type of life that's happening out there, there's many times Professor Mums who does a lot. And there's many times Professor Dads who does a lot. So we mustn't... Yes, the question has been asked about Professor Mum. Because I said, the Alde Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said to us in the Hadith, if a person, with reference here to a father, if any father sees to his child, he is Professor Dad, he is Professor Dad in having to do his duty, in having to love and guide and give direction, and showing the way and leading his children unto the Sirat al-Mustaqim. And he has given them, he's given them understanding of Islam, and has looked after their character, and give them this understanding of development on earth, the earthly life and the issues of this, this world. He's done that and he's given them the guidance to choose a good partner then Allah Ta'ala will grant him to have a ticket, a free ticket to Jannah Subhanak la hawla wa la illa This is the hadith of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam which in he mentioned if that there are three, if, if the father has three daughters the one hadith came back with the Sahabi said, Oh Nabi, what if I have two daughters? Nabi says, even you have two daughters. And then there's another hadith of a person also saying, Ya Rasulullah, what if I have one daughter? Nabi said to him, even if you have one daughter. Which means the commitment, the dedication, especially to rear daughters, is not an easy thing. But the load of that, if guided by Professor Mom or Professor Dad, then they will not miss out. So meaning here that many a times there is people who or when they, the one is, does his duty the other one does not. It's not necessarily the mom's only or the dad's only. There's many a times where mom and dad's work together. There's some occasions where moms work alone. There's other occasions where dad's work alone. And we are not unfair to the processes and we need to admit that we need to if dad is not doing his duty, the responsibility of Professor Mom is to activate the awareness in Professor Dad, to let him become Professor, because truly don't get the, the, the thing wrong. And I'm not here to be able to, 
to, to, to, to only want to give to the one side without the, the other. Because if Professor Dad is not doing his duty, the duty of M Professor Mum is to be able to instill, to ignite, to remind, to assist, to bring about that because no way in the creation of Allah have Allah allowed that the child will be a total good student with total insight when you only been taught by Professor D Dad or Professor Mum. The child must have the side of the wisdom that comes and the knowledge that comes and the insight that comes and the responsibility that comes from Professor Mom and Professor Dad. And only when the child has been fed holistically, holistically been fed by a Professor Mom and a Professor Dad, can you expect a holistic student who now becomes holistically incited to be able to guide future generations to become for them to help and assist developing others. And as I say, I'm not here to undermine. I want us to understand that when Professor Dad is not doing his duty for Professor Mum must be able to, to assist and she mustn't carry the load alone or expect Ekamut Alini Dangduni. She must quite carry on and on and on and on and on and on with him so that he can become Professor Dad. He is Professor Dad. He is. He is Professor Dad. But he mustn't misconstrue his job. His job is to nurture, not to give money. Money is the least thing expected from him. Allah says that in the Quran, نَحْنُ نَرْزُقُكُمْ وَإِيَّاهُمْ When it comes to the, 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 the need for money and the rizik, that is not the responsibility of the father. The father's main responsibility is to see to the character building. His responsibility ability is to be able to guide, to direct, to be the imam of the house, to be the sultan in the family, to show the way, and he, that through him the, the children can follow the path. And the mum is supposed to support him. And the mum must, if he is not doing his job, the mum must be there to help him. And so to say, it's Koa and Evil said on the vice for the father, who and what must he do with him from the help. But the same happened when the father only does the job, the father must also just do the same with having to remind the mum, to grant her to be able to assist, and to grant her to, as a reminder to allow her to understand the development of a child cannot be done by a father alone, neither by any mother alone. So nobody takes the glory. That is not the truth. Niet zonder die help. Allah heeft voor mij vergen om een getrouwde lid te wees. Als een vart, dan moet een mama wees en een bia wees. Any family where there is a lack in any one of the two, there will be, a, you cannot fulfill the, all the ingredients of that needs to be in the development of the children that will be able to make them strong people for the future to grant them the ability. And this is an ex, an, an, a process that we must understand. So, yes, I appreciate the question of the person, and at the same time I want to say to us, let us not live with that type of situation where we accept the fact that as, so long as Bia is, moet Bia assist and that's understand I. And so long as Mama is, moet Mama die verstaan. Say it with responsibility and it's with Bia a responsibility. And Bahallah Vahan, that was ultimately lies that we actually work together, together and that Allah will grant us, both mother and father, the reward for having to rear our children collectively so that they can be the best of children, inshallah, in the future.
Inshallah, lines are open if you want to send through your questions via our WhatsApp and our SMS. That is on 072-238-0712. Alternatively, you can send through an SMS to 47913. That is the SMS line as well as the WhatsApp. And while we are waiting for some of the questions to come through, Sheikh, you may continue, Inshallah, with regards to our program, Madrasa on A, Developing Islam in Me. We are in our final segment, and that is our final topic being leadership in Islam and its progression. Bismillah. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Shukran for that, Yasmina. Um, we, we've come to what we said the, the, the last segment in the program, which is leadership in Islam. And uh, we've dealt with uh, looking at the, the uh, uh, situation where we said developing the family and how the mother had to take her role, the father had to take her role. We're looking at what we call the collective role that must be taken. The collective role of mom and dads, right? In leadership. Now, when we, we earlier when we mentioned that the, the, the role of the father and the role of the mother, we almost separated these things. But we want to speak about the necessity of collectiveness. Now, it, it also fits in very much to the question that we had earlier on. But it is this portion where there's the understanding, like what I said, remember, if you and I are doing our duties, we're trying our very, very best, then we cannot wish to dream the fact that Ekaduni Dop Alini. Because I will not, or I cannot, nobody can. If you're a female, you can only do your, your best as a female, but you cannot fulfill the role of the male. And if you're a male, you can do your best as a male, but you cannot fulfill the role of a female. So yes, I am in need of you as my wife, and you are in need of me as your husband. And you cannot fulfill the, the best, you'll try, you do your best, but you are doing the height of impossibility because to develop children, to come, become successful adults, and develop them as leaders and good people, we need a mom figure who needs to play her major role, as, which is cut out for her, and these matters cut out by Allah Ta'ala and His Rasul for him. So only when both mom and dad work at maximum value together, supportive of one another, and they realize that it's, it's, it's the two of us that brings about the success of the children, then, and then we get good children to come. And then we get positive children to have great insight. And so um, it, 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 it cannot be the one partner only. Because remember, no family can be developed without a dad. Remember right at the beginning when we started this program, when we said we had to look at the, process, the topic called Knowing My Lord, we come to identify the fact um, that, that, that we came to, we, 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 were, we came as human beings on this earth and as human beings we, um, we come from a mom and we come from a dad, right? We initially come from a mom, but that mom in actual fact has been interacting with a dad that becomes my dad, with a, with a husband, her husband, or a person, and he becomes my dad. And that mom and that dad has a responsibility, and they can only work together to bring about success, right? Now, we live in a world today where the world wants to offer us and, and say, yes, but there's many single parents. Yes, there is many single parents. I don't deny that. I'm not going to go against that. And yes, many a time the single parent must be able to do a tremendous lot. Yes, the load is it, 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 it's heavy, it's uncomfortable, it's sometimes unbearable. But the parents try their very best. But the unfortunate situation 
if we want to live a life where the world want to allow us to be able to entertain the processes of single parents, then we will not be able to bring a holistic student about. This university will not be able to bring a holistic, why? There's lack in the processes and the circumstances we take it, uh, 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 I'm just going to do it alone. Now there's a difference in a relationship when Allah has taken away a family member, a mother for that matter, and the father needs to look after the children alone. So Allah doesn't prevent that father to get married to somebody else, so they can constantly be a father figure, a, a mother figure in the life of that child. right? That person cannot take the position of mom as true mom because she's not mom. She hasn't, re she hasn't given birth to the child. But she needs to understand she gets married to this family. There is already a ch children in this family and she's entering into this family. And if she's prepared to submit for the sake of Allah to help this family to have a mom figure in their life, then Allah is going to shower her with nur and barakah and rahmah and grant her children that's going to be good children of her own through her husband and herself that's going to even be better than the ones that she's struggling with to help and to assist with and they're going to be in a totality a means of support and care and love for her Ya Rabb And so Islam recommends that if for that matter Allah's allowed the process to be a single parent that needs to look after them, be referring to a man whose, whose wife has passed on, or for that matter, the, 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 the man is looking after the children and there's no other person and he needs to get married to somebody else. Um, the other mother figure in his, the life that need to be, there need to be a sense of respect from the children's side, but the father figure needs to be able to develop a relationship with the children to be able to allow them to understand the process of that mom. Right? And he must also nurture his children to be respectable and decent and so that doesn't create but the person who comes into the life mustn't be and i'm speaking to the woman especially here we find many times in life today the west is speaking to us about step parents stepness comes from the life of the kuffar now if you are a muslim there's no such a thing in islam as a stepmother you will never be the own mother you cannot be the own mother. But your duty is that you pass, you, you put yourself in the position to support, to give love, to give care, and not to find everything difficult and not to make things uncomfortable. And you don't become a villain in the life of the children. If you become a villain, Allah knows that in your heart. Allah knows when you are a villain as a woman, a villain that wants to be a, a stepmother, who always wants to find faults and difficulties with children. Oh no, you're dealing with children. Give them love. Give them Care. In the words of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa if you cannot give them love and care, Allah is never going to shower Allah's love and care and compassion upon you. And so it's important, very important, that we need to be able to understand that when somebody marries a second wife after his wife has died, that the woman must be open-hearted. Yes, sometimes the family is uncomfortable. She needs to bear with him. But she mustn't be a villain. She mustn't be wanting to have a way. Oh no, this is not it. You got married to this husband. If you cannot show love to his children, you don't have true love for him. You have false love for him. That's a fact.
If you cannot show love for them, if you cannot assist them, if you cannot help to nurture them, to help them grow and to develop, and you are not the one who wants to manipulate and wants to find all the faults in them, Allah knows what villain you are. And Allah knows how you are very cunning and how you hurt the family, how you destroy them. But Allah Ta'ala can put so much more of barakah and khair in them and in you when you become a gentle woman, loving and caring with compassion. We are in our last segment of Madrasa and that is leadership in Islam and its progression. Now, Sheikh, before I hand over to you to take feedback as to where you stopped last, there are a few questions that came through. The first one says, Salam, Sheikh, how does a brother play a role where sister and, fa- and family neglect Salah and on Yawm al-Qiyamah for men in a woman's life is responsible for her being in difficulty? That was the first question that came through, Sheikh. Okay. Um, first and foremost, I need to say here that, uh, should we go for the question first to the, to the questioner? Um, the question speaks about the, the, the role of the brother that needs to play here, right? Remember the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we were busy dealing on the, the essence of the female Right? And how she needs to realize as a female that she has the right to be able to complain by Allah, to Allah Ta'ala. Right? But at the same time, um, Islam is not here to be able to give free females the f- total freedom where they don't have a responsibility. Yes, Allah puts the responsibility on the males first and foremost before it goes on to the females. Right? But um, if you are a female and you're adult and you have a common sense, then you cannot expect your brother to remind you of basic things if you are not wanting to be able to do anything wrong, anything right. And your brother is not going to be given responsibility by Allah for that. For that which your brother needs to do, we also need to understand the reason for Madrasa on air is many of the things that's supposed to happen in Islam, basically, is not in place. And thus we're dealing with Madrasa on air. We're looking at those things and, and there's going to be a lot of things that's still going to happen in the future, inshallah. And uh, we're not here to deal with questions and answers as a, we're wanting to help. And if your brother are not there, we're wanting to be able to assist and help your brother. And we're wanting to even help you and everybody so that we all must grow. And we don't think bad of others. So our question is not dealing with a question and answer session. So what's it done here and what's it done there? We're wanting to develop Islam in all of us. And that's we say, our theme is developing Islam in me, but so in everybody. And the objective in developing Islam in me is wanting to say, let us look at where is our shortcomings. Where is, what is my shortcoming? What am I doing that's wrong? Stop having to find the faults of others. There are millions. One of the, words, the things Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says, the, the, uh, the last hour situation is we want to see the faults of others or make an issue on the faults of others. But we love ourselves in major era. We love ourselves with, with deepness of ignorance. We look at deep ourselves in total not committing to Allah and not committing to the Sunnah Tariq of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Now, 
Questioning is not here to be able to serve that. In Madrasa of Air is one thing to admit, we are all seeing ourselves, all of us, collectively the same. We lack many problem issues, and so does the others. But we want to develop collectively. And we need to be able to see that we have the consideration of collectively assisting others. Because what if we answer the question, do we change the problem? If the question is, what is, where am I, where is my fault? What, is, what am I supposed to do? How? And then we probably could answer and assist because we are answering everybody. right? But if I want to look at other people's problems, it's not going to serve us anything. So what? If we finish the answer there, the person can decide whether he wants to, to, to adhere to that or not. We're not here to want to answer questions. We shouldn't be going into wanting to find questions other and say, what fun di and what fun and what fun and what fun That is not the recommendation of what Islam came with. Islam wants us to say, yes, I am not where I'm supposed to be as a Muslim. But so am I and so are many besides me. If I work at Islam in me, it must probably the whole dunya can develop. And everybody else can develop. So it all starts here at looking at the positivity of me and then with the same vision and view of positivity in everybody else so my brother can develop to become a Muslim. My brother can also grow. And so we need to be able to find positive ways of drawing others in into positivity and not only to look at their negativity. What you and I are going through is the decree of Allah. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. And there's another question that came through, and it says here from the number double seven zero six. But what if the father walked out and don't even come see his sons have food or stuff for school? Yeah, if if, if that question is all about the fact that we, we spoke about understanding the the, the the fact that you and I need to work as professional mum and professor dad needs to be able to do, uh, as I've answered in the first question here, this is almost very much prevalent in our society it's happening very much out there we don't deny that my 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 first aspect of having to show us you through the process of developing we be believe we're developing all of us we're developing everybody out there and we wish to hope and hope that we have positive intentions for everybody um, if the father does not do his duty it's our responsibility that we must be able to do what is our duty and also to remind him constantly. Listen to Allah's words in the Holy Quran when Allah says, Dhakir, remind one another. Because reminders benefits those people who have iman. So if he is the father of your children, you want him to have iman, don't you? If he is the father of your children, you want him to be able to do what is righteous and to leave behind positive impacts on your children. Isn't that so? Yes, that is it. So we are saying here, please take the cognate format of advising the person as much as possible. Keep on. Reminder is something that there is no end to. Reminder is a mom and a dad never ever stops reminding their children. They also never ever stops reminding one another. Giving a message to one another sometimes can be very uncomfortable. It will not feel safe. But giving a reminder I said, I'd like to remind you. We all need to be open. And reminders must be flowing free amongst us. It must be a free thing. Because this is the advice and the message of the Ambiya. All of them has been giving reminders. 
but many a time we are people who don't want to be reminded ourselves. So we do not take reminders from others. Na'udhu Billah, may Allah grant us to be able to develop, to become people who opens our hearts for reminders and ready to remind when we realize that these faults of others that we see within them. Wa sallallahu wa alhamdulillahi Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. And we will look at our, we are on our last few minutes of the program, Madrasan E, Developing Islam in Me. I'm your host, Yasmina Peterson, a long special guest in studio, none other than Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. We are in our final segment, and that is leadership in Islam and its progression. But before Sheikh continue, here's our last question that came through. And it says, yeah, Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. What if it's a stepdad and he has no and he knows his deen, but it's he's negligent and mama reminds him always about salah and the deen, but he's still negligent about it. What must mom do? Shukran jazakallah. I I I think the question is relevant, and I think I I wanted to just add something other earlier on and allow me to be able to use the opportunity for now in this question. What I said earlier about sometimes you find a family where a woman gets married to a man and then she becomes the, 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 the stepmother and she accepts herself as a stepmother and she acts like a stepmother. Now, there is no space for stepmothers in Islam. Islam doesn't recognize the fact that there's such a, you're either a mother or you're not a mother. That's it. Right? May Allah grant us khair and barakah, inshallah. So, if you're a mother of your own children or the mother of your husband's children or a mother of some other children, you're either a mother in total submission of what a mother's responsibility is or you're not a mother at all because there's no space for stepmothers, right? There's no, there's no, in Islam, there's, no, there's not a single space, not a millionth of a millimeter space for a stepmother to be. So if you want to force yourself as being a stepmother, na'udhu billah, remember you're not going to be recognized by Allah for anything that you do. And everything is going to be... So, but I also want to say exactly the same on the other side. The same happened with the stepfather. right? Um, you're either a father, if you've married a family, you've, you've married the family, you're either the father figure of that family, and you, you like we said earlier on, you can only be a father because the family, the family makeup consists of a mother and a father, and it is yes, either a husband that has been married to the wife, and the, the children comes from the two of them, and they need to be fathering and mothering their children, or if there is children of the mother prior, and she gets married to you, the husband. Yes, Islam doesn't want you to be able to, to take full responsibility for everything of the children. The father figure must be able to do his duty as father, who's the one that's been the purpose and the reason for the children being born. But you married the mother. And so now, now that you've married the mother, you're supposed to be able to play the role of father figure. Like the mother we said earlier on. So there's only, there's no space for stepfathers in Islam. Islam doesn't identify step in any way. There is step when only speaks about distance of, of, of position, but doesn't entertain. My word of step that I'm speaking about is the step entertained by, by the Western world today. And we speak about stepmothers and stepfathers. I know Islam doesn't recognize that form of step, right? Because if you are a father, you're supposed to do your father responsibility to the family. And your father responsibility is to nurture and not to give money, and not to give food, because that doesn't come from your side. Your duty as the father figure is to nurture, is to be able to guide, is to show the way, is so that they can follow the path of righteousness in submission to the Sarat al-Mustaqim. May Allah grant khair and barakah to all of us, right? 
as I said, when it comes to this uh, father figure, who, who uh, is what they call the stepfather, then unfortunately in his case, um, like we said earlier, if he's not doing his duty, give him the reminder. But please, Islam is not entertaining the process of wanting to find the faults of others and making a big thing about their faults, right? Um, now the billah, I ask Ma for that matter, if I hurt anybody or I say anything uncomfortable, my intention is, uh, uh, let me remind you, I love all of you for the sake of Allah. Believe you me, wallahi tallahi billah, I swear by Allah, I love all of you. May Allah to create pure love in our hearts for one another. And I'm not saying all these things because I want to. I'm saying these things because I want all of us to develop to identify the positivities and identify the negativities. You see, you and I, we cannot grow. We cannot develop if we only want to identify the good in us. But we are not prepared to identify our shortcomings, our faults, our errors. When I identify my weaknesses, I can grow. When I identify my shortcomings, I can develop. I can overcome. I can become better. But if I only look at the positivities in me, I remain there where I have been, most probably a hundred years ago, and then for the next hundred years to come, I will still be there where I'm supposed to be. And I will not develop, I will not grow with Islam, I will not become better. My reminder is simply to say to us, Islam is all ident about identification of the error within me, and when I see the error of somebody else, I try to see how can I help, how can I assist, how can I be supportive, not find fault, not accuse, not insult, not ridicule, but ask myself, what am I supposed to do when my partner does not, or short has shortcomings, or he's my partner, she's my partner. I need to be able to draw them in. It's my responsibility. I married you. And you married me. We must be supportive of one another. And we must go out of our way to support one another. We're supposed to be the strongest link that there is in life. And we're supposed to help and develop the family as they go along. May Allah open the path for all of us. Inshallah. I mean, shukran so much for that, Sheikh. We are now 3.58. I'm going to be handing over to Sheikh. We're going to be making our closing dua, inshallah. Bismillah, Sheikh. Shukran jazakallah for that one, Auntie Yasmina. Yes, uh, we haven't covered very much today in, in this uh, segment. May Allah grant khair and barakah. We've touched the segment of saying the support that needs to happen between husbands and wives. And collective support is what is this collective uh, um, leadership needs to happen. And in collective leadership, we need to understand we cannot fight one another. We need to be supportive of one another. See how can we help one another, inshallah. Let us make dua, inshallah. Kulan Allah Ta'ala in Allah's words in the Holy Quran in Surah Al-Asr A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Al-Rajim Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim Wal-Asr Innal Insan Lafi Husr Illa Alladheena Amanu Wa Amilu Salihat Wa Tawasaw Bil Haqqi Wa Tawasaw Bil Sabr Wa Sallallahu Ala Sayyidina Wa Mawlana Muhammadin Wa Ala Alihi Wa Ashabihi Wa Barik Wa Salim Subhana Rabbika Rabbil Izzati Amma Yasifun Subhanaka Allahumma Wa Bihamdik Nashhadu An La Ilaha Illa Anta Nastaghfiruka Wa Natubu Ilaik Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Just a reminder of the excursion insha'Allah and also the the, the uh, um, workshop that's going to come off inshallah and also reminding our people your fact that you have registered is so important and the registration is important for the fact that at the end of the day 
Voice of the Cape wish to be able to give you a certificate for participating with us through the, the airwaves. Alhamdulillah, may Allah grant success. Inshallah. Shukran so much. And from myself, Yasmina Peterson, it's been an absolute pleasure to be in your company once again. We bid you assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.